Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department, a podcast about trends and how they define the world around us. been a while it, it, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well kim here we are how, how you been doing <laughs> uh, you know lots of changes over here yeah uh, yeah same here <laughs> i'm sure with you too um but we're actually super excited to be back we've been talking about this for a long time we just really needed a little bit of we needed a little break yeah just kind of for our own you know, there's a lot of stuff got in the way. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just had a lot going on, you know, and big life changes and moving and things like that. But we are ready. 2023. Is that next year? Yes. It's 2023 Maybe. right now. I don't know. I have to operate in fiscal years at work. Yeah. So I'm like, fiscal in fiscal year 24, that is going to be the department's year, which is, of course, the calendar year. 2023 we're gonna yes. go hard on the department in 2023 i'm excited to see all the ways we're gonna develop it grow it i actually i gotta say kim the whole time we were on hiatus people were messaging me at close horse to be like I what's heard. going on what is going on like <laughs> at least a few people per week and the few posts that we've thrown out there about our comeback i mean not hot. to lie it's they want my heart yeah yes. hot news really hot <laughs> the hottest news i've had in a while yeah. per se uh personally so Anyway, okay, well, you know, I'm going to preface this by saying that we missed all of you so much, um, and we missed it's doing true. the department, that we have a super special treat for you, which is that we're about to release a two-part episode. That's what we're going to be going through today. And rather than making you wait two weeks to get the two parts, this first half is going to come out on Friday, and the second half will come out on Monday, so Ooh. you don't even have to <laughs> wait that's an extra special Christmas holiday gift for all y'all. An extravaganza, if uh-huh. you will. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it was like extravagant. Was like, and well. extravagant. So extravagant, <laughs> guys. We spent so much money on this. Yes. Uh, we traveled in a covered wagon. We put everything in baskets. It all makes sense later. Um, <laughs> all right, well, Kim, why don't we get it going? Sure. So this is actually episode 64. And I didn't even realize how many episodes we had produced before this. I was like, <gasps> I thought that was like, I don't know, 30 something. I was like, 64? We're on episode 64? Anyway. Dang. Yeah, so this is definitely a two-parter. So it's episode 64, and then next episode will be 65. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's been a long hiatus for any of you guys that don't really know us. Um, I think the last time we recorded was back in March of this year. So we are... <laughs> Excited to catch up on all those trends we missed. Plus, you know, look into some new nostalgic trends. Um, so this is a very special holiday trend-tacular. And this episode, we'll be talking about the trend of Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, <laughs> and you really can't swing a dead cat these days without hitting a sappy a holiday romance on pretty much any of the networks or any of the streamers. And it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just constant. Um, yeah. It's a flood a flood of holiday Christmas romances. So I wanted to take a closer look at that. Um, And of course, Amanda is bringing some nostalgia to the Christmas party this year. No, not a jello mold. We've already done that. I think that was episode, what, 40 something? I don't know. Um, (laughs) But there there are episodes on jello. But this one's going to be on seasonal Christmas catalogs and uh, gift baskets that filled our mailboxes and uh, made us dream of holidays filled with tins of fudge, popcorn, and summer sausage from the likes of Swiss Colony and many other classics. <laughs> and that will be that will be happening. Well, gift baskets are probably happening right now, but our conversation about those will be happening in the second half of this conversation, which you know will yes. be episode sixty-five, just coming your way in a few days. You don't even have to wait that long. That's, That's right. a miracle. In fact, mm-hmm. 
Speaking of Christmas miracles, thank you everyone for your consistent nagging to get back to the business at hand. We are back researching and recording and we're so excited to share new trends and how they relate to the old ones. We're going to talk about nostalgic trends, upcoming trends. Uh, We even are working on an episode of our trend predictions, which I... Kim, I was thinking about these in the shower last night, and I was coming up with some really (laughs) weird ones. I was like, I need to dial it back in. But the point is, we are back, and we have some awesome stuff coming your way. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Uh, But before we launch, you know, this is just our weekly reminder, and I feel like I haven't done this in a while, just to, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to nudge your friends and family who are looking for a new podcast to listen to. Um, You know, since we're going to be coming back, we would love to have your support as much as ever to kind of keep this this game going Um, Mm -hmm. and also make sure to follow us on your preferred streaming service. And then third, if you haven't done it already, make sure to give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts Um, and you can always leave a review as well. We definitely appreciate it. I have not looked. I'm a, I, I'm a little afraid to look. <laughs> I, I don't. I just I haven't looked either. But I, you know, I've changed a lot since March. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And one thing I just stopped doing was like getting too hung up on things like that because the internet gets wild. Yeah, we <laughs> have we done appreciate. a podcast on that. <laughs> yes, we do appreciate mm-hmm. a nice review, and when we see it come our way, mm-hmm. we definitely will share it, and we will think of you warmly, and mm-hmm. we'll send you a gift basket. No, we're not going to send you a gift basket. No. Uh, Mm-mm. But uh, they're really we'll, expensive. They're really expensive, and you're not gonna like it. Yeah, but the <laughs> margins great on them. Um, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and then last, you know, make sure to follow us on Instagram at underscore the underscore department. And if you're looking for any show notes, um, you know, we obviously do a lot of research, so we link all of that um, in our on our website, uh, thedepartment.world. Woo! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, okay. I, I will just We don't have all jingle bells, so exactly. we have to woo. <laughs> this whole time, I mean, as we were preparing for this, I was like, dang it. I know. Why don't we have sleigh bells? I know. And then I was like, why Why would we? Um, <laughs> maybe I'll download some like some sort of free audio file that, hears, that plays jingle bells. If you hear them in this episode, that's definitely where they came from. But, you know, be a little nice. <laughs> But I just don't know if I want to turn into like, like next, basically the next step beyond that is that suddenly we get an air horn and we're in here mm-hmm. like, bow, 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 which would be pretty cool too. And really get, you know, bring up the mood, right? It is a trend. I mean, that thing's been trending for a while. For a long time. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel like the early days of the air horn trend were like back when I was in elementary school and like down in the town park, there would be softball games and there was always some guy there like, do, do, do. And it was like, Why? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean, it, then it kind of evolved because people started being able to recreate the noise, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, so impressed. I still am every time I hear it. <laughs> it's the little things in life. It really you is, you know, <laughs> like Hallmark movies, <laughs> like Hallmark movies. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to jump right into the topic at hand, and you know, this is about Hallmark style Christmas movies. Um, you know, but before we get started, I'm sure that everyone here listening is just dying to hear about your relationship with Hallmark Christmas movies, Amanda. Okay, well, like you said, everybody and their uncle is making these films now. Like, Netflix has gotten the act. I've seen a few of those. Lifetime. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Dustin and I went on a road trip for that, like, Thanksgiving weekend, and... if Dustin got sick because that's just like how life is right and we were staying in the nicest hotel in Big Springs Texas Mm. and we ended up watching a matinee a series of lifetime holiday movies including ones uh, that starring Reba McIntyre and the Mm -hmm. blonde guy from Dukes of Hazzard and uh, it I just was like so funny if you watch a few of these in a row how I mean (laughs) Dare I say it? They're a bit formulaic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I know it's the same with the Hallmark ones. And it, like, honestly, it's the same with the Netflix ones. It's just like, they're, they're, they are all, there are Hallmarks of all these films. And I think it's so funny that all of these other, I mean, I expected this from Lifetime, right? Of course. I love a Lifetime movie. Naturally, they should be making these movies. And I guess I just was surprised to see Netflix getting in on the action because I was just like, how many sources of these movies do we need? Well, apparently we need a lot. Yeah. I'm going to actually explain why everyone's getting into this. 
Before you start talking about the movies, I was like laying in bed and I was thinking, man, I used to love going to Hallmark when I was a kid because they had like the best stickers, right? Yes. Like they had the best stickers. Do yourself a favor, Google Hallmark stickers vintage and you p- prepare to be blown away. But I wondered like, how could the store that sells mm-hmm. greeting cards, ceramic angels, Christmas ornaments, uh, you know, stuffed animals, how could they they be a network now right and so i went down a really boring rabbit hole and i just wanted to share a little bit of what i found about i'm so glad that you did that because i was just like this feels christiany and like i don't even want to touch it i know i know (laughs) i was like it seems christiany right which nothing against christianity or christian values or christian programming but i was like that can't be a coincidence right and so i was like where did this start so I'm not going to talk about the history of Hallmark. I mean, like, I will tell you, I looked at it really fast just to know. It began, you know, way back early in the last century as uh, a small business selling postcards, right? Mm -hmm. It's just funny. Also, you think about how, like, generational wealth builds from that time period, and suddenly you have, like, a whole freaking television network, right, that is, like, setting the precedent in holiday entertainment. Um, The American dream, I suppose. But so here's what I found out. The Hallmark Channel began back when the Hallmark Channel was just a glimmer in someone's eye as two separate religious cable channels, the American Christian Television System and the Vision Interfaith Satellite Network. Wow, those those names, they, they roll off the tongue, mm-hmm. don't they? Yep. And they really sort of, works. Mm-hmm. Right? They sort of time-shared the satellite signal, splitting time with their own blocks of religious programming. That began back in the late 1980s. And in 1993... This pair of networks rebranded itself as the Faith and Values Channel. And here at this point, like previously, it was all church content, like Sunday school and Bible stories and like actual like, you know, church services, that kind of stuff, the choir, all of that. But when it when it rebranded itself as the Faith and Values Channel, it began to add some secular programming like workout shows, cooking, and family-oriented dramas and sitcoms. Then it was acquired by another company in 1995 and rebranded as the Odyssey Network. One thing I learned about the long history of the Hallmark Channel is it's just like every few years this network has been bought and rebranded. So in 1998, just a few years later, Hallmark... And the Jim Henson Company bought significant stakes in the network. So they rebranded the network again as a Hallmark and Henson network, Hmm. showing things like Fraggle Rock, The Muppet Show, The Archie Show, not to confuse with Riverdale, that's way too sexy, and Zoobly Zoo. So it was was still a family channel, but it was not uh, as church-focused. In 2001, the network rebranded again and became the Hallmark Channel. And at that point, it still showed a lot of Hollywood movies, but there was definitely a focus on family fare. And in 2008, I thought this was super interesting, Hillary Clinton's campaign actually bought full evening slots for town hall meetings. I know. I don't feel like that would happen now. Over time, the Hallmark shifted into its own thing, becoming more and more what we know it as today and making a lot more of their own content, especially movies. They're always, almost always romantic movies. Um, in 2019, the channel stopped airing ads from Zola.com, which is like a wedding registry service, because they featured two brides kissing. They got a lot of pushback from an organization that I want to think say is called like One Million Moms or something yeah, like that. That's, that's and it's exactly. a Christian organization, um, very anti-gay agenda. So what happened is it turned out that the Hallmark channel unsurprisingly had a pretty large lgbtq plus viewership and they boycotted so a few weeks later hallmark restored the ads and the rest is history i suppose but also the network has gotten into some hot water for bleeping out the word god in films and television programs because it's seen as profane so it's no coincidence is what i'm saying that this channel has like a very like family faith and values centric vibe, you know, mm-hmm. and the programming reflects it. Yeah, um, and I'll I'll kind of build on that in a little bit as well, but I definitely think that that little history lesson 
It was so boring. I'm Lace. sorry, everyone. Lace, <laughs> I know. I started reading about it. I was like, I don't want to talk about this. It was, it's, it's like what I gave you is the summary of yeah. so much more because it's like every two or three years, someone else bought this yeah. and tried to do something different with it. Um, and it really, it really took a long time for Hallmark to become what it is now. To really click. Yeah. And yes, Hallmark is part of like another, like it's like Hallmark productions or Hallmark, mm-hmm. Hallmark communications, something like that, that is a division of the greeting card company. So they are still very closely connected. It's fascinating. You know, when I was in, I think, I don't know, elementary, middle school, I used to go to the Hallmark stores in the mall. And I had this collection of these like porcelain horse figurines. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you got them. You got them yeah. at, at the Hallmark. And they were probably, I think they're like $19 each or something or something like that. And so I collected those. Have you been in a Hallmark recently? No, I have not been in a mall in years. <laughs> well, I went into a Hallmark recently because I knew we were going to do this episode. And I was thinking like, you know, what's up there? I haven't been in one since like I was a kid. But I remember yeah. loving to go there when I was a kid. The stickers... The ceramics, they the have ornaments. like collectible dolls. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a paradise for people of all ages who just like tchotchkes. Yeah, do you love a tchotchke? You like yeah. hoarding? We got a store for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like in the 80s and even the 90s, like before the rise of like email and online communication, Hallmark was like killing it. Oh, yeah. But going in there now, it felt depressing. Like, it, I mean, you know, it had cards, not as many cards as it once had. Um, lots of plush, lots of ornaments still. I think that's like their thing. I think there's a collector's market for that. But it just didn't feel, I don't know, it felt like it was full of treasures when we were kids. I didn't feel that anymore. It really was full of treasures. There wasn't, but it was hard to, you know, there wasn't a lot of places to get crap, you know? (laughs) It's true. It was really hard (laughs) to hoard back then. It really was. You you didn't have Amazon (laughs) just delivering crap to you constantly. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, you could just go into the Hallmark. We had another store called JT Puffins in Madison. That was uh, another <laughs> treasure trove of just like crap and stickers and just like tchotchkes. It's just, you know, as a kid, it was all stuff that you could kind of afford. Wait, what was the name of it again? <laughs> JT Puffins. I love that. I mean, you yeah. hear that? You're like, it's a tchotchke store. Oh, just the stickers. They had the best stickers. We would go there. And, you know, splurge on stickers. Yeah. What a time to be alive. (laughs) All right. Well, in regards to these holiday style Christmas movies, I personally have no shame about watching these cliche uh, movies. Um, I'm not really shy about about it either. It did take me a, a few years to start embracing them. You know, just one bored night drinking wine and just being like, all right, let's just put this on. (laughs) <laughs> and then being like, okay, like, this is terrible. Like, it's really bad. I but- feel like <laughs> you just, you just explained, described, like, I would say 75% of our listeners' journey pathway yeah. to Hallmark. Yeah, your introduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, actually, that was kind of a nice romp. You know, it it, it is really hokey. It is pretty trashy, but... um. You know, it just slowly built its way into being sort of a holiday tradition of my own where I'll just, yeah, you know what? I'm going to embrace watching these because this really is a cultural movement. Um, I will watch them alone. You know, I don't really expose them to a whole lot of people. Um, (laughs) But I did. (laughs) I did make my sister watch them while we were prepping Thanksgiving. And and then anyone that was in the room had to watch them. But they all (laughs) they were all just watching these these movies. And of course, you can't you can't get away from that. No, And they're funny and they're fun and you don't really have to pay attention. But they like bring that Christmas atmosphere into the room. They're chicken soup for the soul. It is. (laughs) And that I mean, that's the intention of it. Right. Um, Yeah. And, you know, you and I, we're not alone. In fact, the demand for these movies has skyrocketed in the past 15 years, and it is still booming. So this year, Hallmark has 40 Christmas movies this year. What? Well, te- technically 39 since uh, they have diversified slightly and they have a Hanukkah one. Oh, but wow. 40. One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 40 movies is like, 40. I, I mean, who else? You should is see out- the schedule. 
You should it's, the be, schedule. Yeah. It's every day that they are launching these things. Wow. Um, and the number of movies, uh, these Christmas movies that Hallmark has released has nearly quadrupled from 2009, which was at nine <laughs> and wow. has steadily increased sense because of this insatiable demand for these movies. Wow. And these movies are big business for Hallmark. Even this year, um, they call it the Countdown to Christmas franchise, which uh, debuts, I believe, before Thanksgiving. Well, with this many movies. Okay, 40 movies. Yeah, yeah. There's not enough days <laughs> to even be launching these things. The Hallmark Channel is currently ranked as the most watched entertainment cable network right now. Um, and the revenue for the uh, Hallmark Channel over November and December of 2021 was 147.8 million, which actually is shockingly 1% higher than the previous year. And they're leading all the other cable channels and broadcast channels in revenue. Um, so this is, of course, during a really turbulent time for cable. So this is shocking for everyone. You know, there's so much competition for with streaming services. Cable networks are just scrambling to do things. And here is Hallmark just coasting along in this small time period with their Christmas movies. So over 2021, Forbes reported that during the holiday season, over 80 million people watched at least a few minutes of a Hallmark movie and ranked number one with their demographic of women, 18 to 49. And this is apparently a different demographic, but kind of the same. Um, women 25 to 54, uh, who just what? happen to be particularly... <laughs> yeah, and this happens to be a really particularly appealing segment for advertisers. Hmm. So Hallmark can then charge a premium for ad spots. So during this time, Hallmark actually generates one third of its annual revenue just from these Christmas movies. Wow. And I do think it's kind of interesting to note that I had read a different article from 2017 and the revenue was 431 million um, between the advertisers and affiliate fees. So even though they're leading the revenue, um, it, you know, this last year was 147. Uh, which is about 35% down to five years prior. Huh. So there's still a struggle there. <laughs> it's still yeah. not, you know, kittens and rainbows, but they're <laughs> still they're still crushing their competition. Interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. I wonder like why there's such a big difference. Oh, be between the revenues? Yeah, yeah. I could not tell you. <laughs> I'm sure someone could come on here and tell you. It may be just like the costs for ads are just a lot lower because the um, the volume of people is e actually down. Even if there's 80 million people watching, that's still mm. probably less than five years prior. That's but really it's true. Still, it's still a lot. It's still a massive oh amount. Oh my God, for sure. What I'm guessing is one, streaming is a big mm -hmm. contributor to this. And then you've got like Netflix and Lifetime so following suit on this. Yeah. Um, it's only a matter of time till like HBO starts to get in on this. I'm sure there oh, are other. Are. I've actually just watched some. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, trend mm -hmm. alert: holiday, trend holiday this movies. Hot. This is hot, you guys. This is a hot topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was like, I gotta, I gotta talk about these Hallmark movies. I mean, they're just everywhere right now. They everywhere. are everywhere, everywhere, everywhere yeah. you turn, and they've become more and more acceptable. So one interesting thing to note, and this will not come as a surprise to y'all if you actually watch these movies, but these movies are notoriously cheap to make. So the, they have <laughs> you don't say. really small budgets of mm -hmm. one to two million dollars, which is just so incredibly small because it takes in everything, everything that's going to cost anything in that movie from, you know, the... Um, the staffing to the snow to the catering everything you know that's really small budget and they're filmed over a short period of about two to three weeks generally in canada uh, so i mean the, that's it's the same with <laughs> lifetime return movies. is high yeah. yes yeah the return is high for what they're doing so they have this sort of muscle that they're able to use that's actually pretty affordable to generate this this revenue 
Wow. So this low production value aesthetic itself, I think, is actually a part of the draw and part of the formula. Um, and it isn't something I've particularly put a lot of thought to, but these network execs are very strategic. And so then I did, I started putting a lot of thought to it because I was like trying to figure out, you know, all these moves that they're making. It's almost like a chess game. And they have a formula. No, not even a formula. It's like a cookie cutter recipe (laughs) for these movies (laughs) that they strictly abide by. I mean, my experience with these, no matter where you find them, is that frequently... It's it, it's just like the same archetypes always, whether you watch it on Netflix. Yes. Like there's one that came out recently with Lindsay Lohan in it. Yep. It's the same freaking movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the glorious things about it. Um, it's the storyline. It is those archetypes, those characters. There's um, an actual built in lack of conflict. Um, there's generally a lack of diversity, which I'll get to in, yep. get into and puritanical values. Um, and modesty. And modesty, yes. Yes. Exactly. So uh, the first things first, uh, Christmas must be in almost every single scene and every single frame. And there must be snow. This is a non-negotiable. Well, how are you supposed to, I mean, you live in L.A. I live in Austin, Texas. We are devoid of holiday spirit. Yes. Because we have no snow. Yes. So this is one of the first rules of these movies. And and I actually did a lot of reading. I didn't just watch these movies and be like, these are the rules. I'm like, (laughs) this is what actual like uh, story writers are saying that the rules are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, lay them on me, lay them on me. Okay, so the casting is tailored to its demographic to feel comforting and familiar. So did you ever notice that the leading actors are people that you might remember from childhood or your teen years? Well, those are strategically cast to invoke some sort of nostalgia we know, you know, which is something very exciting that we've talked about on our podcast to attach an emotional value to the program. So a lot of the Lifetime movies, you might remember some of these people from, let's say, um, family dra- or family comedies like um, Saved by the Bell mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. from, um, oh, gosh, what's... Was Can- Candace Cameron and what was that that show? The one with the twins, Full House. Full House. Thank you. And also, didn't Lori Laughlin, who was yes, like, what was her also name? Also on Becky, Full House until Aunt and Be- was making all these yes. Christmas movies until you know well, the scandal. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, I'm sure her ca- her contract got, got dropped because her values were clearly her not values in line. weren't there. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Exactly. You don't you don't see that ho- happen often enough. You don't, you know exactly, yeah, and I'm sure that they have it probably written into their contract that they probably should, can't have a lot of conflict in their own personal lives. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, so if you're looking at the casting, it, it you know obviously if they're trying to appeal to a millennial uh, millennial demographic or a Gen X demographic or you know a boomer demographic, they're really going to take that into consideration um, to you know the people that they cast, um, mm-hmm. and then the plot which is notoriously heteronormative, white, and vaguely Christian. And it tends Mm -hmm. to be, like you said, it's a repeat of a storyline that has worked well before. (laughs) Like (laughs) To say the least. Yes, yes. And it's usually involving a return of one of the protagonists to a small town and embarking on a whirlwind romance against all odds, or you know, a prince meets a normal girl and enters mm, into some sort yeah. of royal debacle, you know, or lots of that. Yes, it's it's always it's it's always something fantasy related. Um, and Hallberg execs examine these popular movies closely, basically at each element, and replicate them year after year, kind of like what we do as buyers and merchants. Yeah, totally. So it's like, okay, totally. this strawberry dress with the holly part pattern was a hit last year. So what can we use to replace it with? And it has to be something twee, something holiday, but it's got to mm-hmm. be something really similar because we know that the customer's coming and they're, you know, they're hungry for it. So like, okay, this this works. This is the formula of the storyline that works. So let's just recreate it again and again and again. And they found that it works. <laughs> like people don't really want to have a totally different storyline. So the, there's no, no need to constantly reinvent the wheel. Um, and the programs are designed to reduce any type of stress. 
conflict is limited or non-existent at all. Uh, and you know at the end of the movie that the protagonists will end up together as a happily ever after. One of Neil's friends actually writes for Hallmark. Stop! Yes. Oh my as a God. Hallmark Christmas movie writer. It's, I mean, it, 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 I didn't have time to actually talk to him, but I ended up just reading all these amazing articles with writers giving up all their details. Um, but he, there's one Do they thing- love Christmas? <gasps> do you have to be a Christmas lover? I think you do have to like Christmas a lot. I mean, it does make sense. It would be it would be terrible if you hated Christmas. It would you be. would just be like so miserable at work. It's like when I had to manage oversee denim, I was like, I'm gonna die. Yes. I hate denim so much. Yes. You have to love it. Exactly. <laughs> you have to love yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um Well he did he, Neil did tell me that um basically the storyline is, you know, it's just a meandering. You basically just have the characters meander for the the entire period until it I results mean, in a kiss. There's a lot of, I've noticed in these films, a lot of montages. Yes. Like a lot. <laughs> yes. And you'll be like, like, for example, the Netflix one. I mean, I know we're mostly talking about Hallmark, yeah. but they're all, they're all made from the same yes. blueprint. The Netflix one starring Lindsay Lohan has more montages than I think active dialogue. And there's one point kind of in the last act where she's remembering and so there's another montage. And it literally the montage of memories uh-huh. is up to the previous scene. So we're not it's like we're recapping the whole movie up until the last two minutes ago. Was, uh, it, you know, but you know, with seasonal music, with sad seasonal music. Yeah. And I I was just like, wow, because I'm one of those people who like one of the reasons I haven't been able to get into reality television is that I hate when there's the commercial break and you come back. They spend two minutes recapping oh, what happened exactly. before the break. Makes me crazy. Yes. What and a waste I, of so, my time. I know, but I don't mind it if it's a music montage <laughs> in, a, in a holiday movie. Explain it. <laughs> and I think that that's OK. I mean, that's probably part of the meander and the lack of conflict. And it's just like. And, and, you know, the, the character is an, intended to, to get over their own character flaw. And that's kind of yeah. part of it. They have to get over yeah. their character flaw so that they can um, accept love into their life or whatever it is, you know, whatever that moment is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Accept uh, <laughs> <laughs> love in their lives mm-hmm. at Christmas, which side note. At Christmas. I just, I, you know what? And maybe it's all these years of being a buyer this is not a romantic time of year for me. It's not even like a sexy time of year for me. It's, it's not, not even like a fall. sensual time of year. Yeah. yeah. Sensual? So the last thing that's going <laughs> to The last thing that's going to happen. You're not, like, you're not like a Christmas teddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's no sexy mm. Mrs. Claus costume in my closet. Um, although now I'm like, that would mm. really shock Justin. Like maybe oh. if I'm looking for, to get some shock value in our relationship. But I, I just like, how many people are really falling in love? Like sometimes in some of these movies, they also are like married by Christmas. Yes. Like how often is that happening? Is that a dream well, we all have? I mean, it I is cuffing know. season, you know. That's true. It's, cu- it's like they were, you know, like at the origin of Christmas movies almost came before people started to realize cuffing season had mm-hmm. a name. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. I just I'm just asking if you have fallen in love and or also gotten married during the Christmas season, please, you know, call yeah, us, tell us about it. Let's hear yeah. let's hear about it. I mean, yeah, I feel like most people are just sitting at home with their family and watching these movies. So it's not like you're going out and meeting a whole lot of people. Having a stomach ache because you ate weird food and you're stressed out about work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Running up your credit card. What a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, but that's why people want this, you know, and I'll get, I'll yeah. get into that, you know. Um, so the script. So there is, this is another element, key element of the... Um, of the cookie cutter recipe. Um, so there's this really great article on Bustle uh, that is linked into the show notes. Um, and it uncovers some of the, if not unspoken, the quietly spoken rules of this rodeo. And they interviewed Karen Schaller, this author and screenwriter for some of the famous Hallmark and Netflix Christmas classics. Because, you know, these writers will work at, um, at both on both um, 
uh, channels or streamer services um, and, you know, write for both of them. And generally, you know, they know the rules. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it does it does help Netflix to have a Hallmark writer come on and, and you know, and write. Oh, I'm sure you can probably really negotiate your salary like oh, really yeah. well. I mean, this got that on your resume. <laughs> You're in. Exactly. <laughs> um, she wrote such classics as A Christmas Prince. Oh, yeah, that one's good. Yeah. That was actually one of the first ones I saw, which is, of course, it's a Netflix one. I know, but it went, it was like one of those things, I remember the year it came out, (laughs) that there were all these articles coming out, like, that Netflix itself was shocked by how many people were streaming it 10, 20, 50 times during the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I was like, I need to know. Yeah. And Dustin and I watched it, and like like all these movies, it was like, oh, that was nice. Mm -hmm. It's a great movie to multitask to. Yeah. 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 It's nice. Exactly. And and I think Netflix does sometimes go a little bit off of the um of the formula a little bit because they have they know their their um audience a little, you know, mm-hmm. it, it they they their audience requires something just a little bit, maybe a little spicier. Um, I think they have a bigger budget. Yeah, I will and say they definitely the have a outfit, bigger budget. Right? The outfits seem to be a yes. little bit better because my guess here, something I've learned from years of listening to my favorite podcast, uh, other than the Department, which is called Mother May I Sleep with Podcast, and it's about Lifetime movies. I've been listening oh to gosh. this one now like five, six years. Uh, one thing I learned that was fascinating to me is like. Much like these Hallmark movies, the name of the game is to make these movies cheaply, right? Yes. Cheap, fast, and in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Is that these production in, companies in rather rather mm-hmm. than like with a standard movie where like, you know, there's a full on wardrobe department that's going out, they're finding, you know, they're finding co- costumes, clothing, I don't know what you call what you call it. I'm not I'm not in the game. Uh, for specifically for that movie, you know, really designed to highlight the character, mm-hmm. to tell the character's story, to bring out the best in the stars. Uh, these lifetime movie production companies actually just have a huge clothing cl- closet that they repurpose yeah, for like every movie. And so you'll see the same stuff over and over again. Um, if if you're really watching closely for that. And I would suspect that the Hallmark films are the same. But Netflix, you can tell, is like, we oh, yeah. have money for wardrobe. Even for casting. You know, they're going to yeah. get the bigger actors Like the Lohan. Yeah. yeah. Lohan is not cheap. No. You know? No. Um, well, anyway, going back to Karen Schaller. So she actually said that <laughs> what some of the rules are no snow, no go. Clink, clink, don't drink. If I'm not crying, I'm not buying. <laughs> that's like a phrase that's used. Um, and so the scripts are actually combed through by the execs at Hallmark to make sure that they are solidly positioned into their G rating and to make sure that they align with the purest mm-hmm. values, including no heavy drinking. Actually, really, no drinking at all. No drinking. Like you could yeah. have a glass of wine in your hand, but you don't drink from it. And huh. you would know you'll notice that in some of particularly pre two thousand twenty, um, and I'll get into this um, the what what changed, um, but pre two thousand twenty it was like value values values. There's, so there's no heavy drinking, no drinking really, no acting drunk, no drugs obviously, no full frontal nudity obviously. No one's really expecting that either. No explicit sex, no swearing, no fighting. And as mentioned before, no conflict between characters. No actual. It's so odd. Conflict. It's so odd. Yeah. It's like, you know, conflict is what like film and books yes. Isn't that and funny? stories are made from. And it just it like it's so fascinating to me because it defies logic. All of all logic uh-huh. that we all the things we take for granted in storytelling. I think it's so. It's just fascinating. Yeah. No actual conflict, like you'll, and I think that you know it has evolved a little bit um, in the past couple of years after a few changes. But really, if you're looking at those 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 crystal clear hol- holiday um, Hallmark movies, you're gonna you're gonna see this. It really kind of comes out where you're like, oh, they really do meander. There's very little conflict. Like really, the conflict is about personalities. It's like, oh, I don't really like that person. That's not really conflict. Um, <laughs> there's that's not conflict. That's yeah. as deep as it goes. Though. They're, well, yeah, there are definitely people who don't like each other yeah. in these movies. Well, they, sure. Usually, they, that's usually 
the start. They don't like each other and then suddenly they fall in love. And that's the other thing. <laughs> additionally, you actually will very rarely see a lot of divorces. Um, oh, but, interesting. But you'll see widows. Yes. So they love to pull on the heartstrings with a widow story. Oh, so man. if there's going to be a separation, if there's going to be a child, if there's going to be a previous marriage, it'll generally be a widowed situation because it creates a more um, um, intense emotion. Huh. And Schaller says it has to feel good, it has to be uplifting, and it has to take you to a magical place, and it has to make you feel safe. So that is really the conditions of developing this script. And then the cadence and structure is also formulaic. So the cadence itself has an exact formula uh, as well that writers revealed to this Bustle article but it's obvious if you watch it um, <laughs> and something that you'll actually see some other providers like Netflix also follow, especially if they're using the same writers, they'll mm -hmm. probably follow that same formula. Um, so around the 18 minute mark, uh, which is basically around that first commercial break, there's an almost kiss. Oh my gosh, you're right. By the halfway point, there's a Christmas related debacle. <laughs> and then by the end, the couple <laughs> the couple ends up under the mistletoe or near a Christmas tree, and they share one tender kiss before living happily ever after. Wow. And on top of that, and to be even actually more precise, uh, each mo movie follows a rigid nine-act structure, starting with two characters who don't originally like each other, and then over the nine acts just meander until they get that kiss in the snow. So, you know, you'll see that play out time and time again, you know, with obviously the, a repeat of a storyline. Um, <laughs> and then one of the last things really here is that name. So the name is usually a pun, a clever twist, something Christmassy. Um, and so an anonymous source in this Bustle article said that their first insurance internship in LA was working for a production company that produced Hallmark movies. Many Hallmark films were birthed by producers sitting in a conference room spitballing catchy movie titles and then working backwards to shape a plot line around the title. So if they came up with a title they liked, say Christmas on the Rocks, for example, uh, they'd send this intern to surf the web for a family who rock climbs every Christmas or a rock star who falls in love with a caroler. So he was like writing the punchline before a joke. It's not organic, but it got them where they needed to go. <laughs> Can't wait to see that Christmas movie about a family yeah. that rock climbs. Oh God, ugh. It's like, that one doesn't sound good. Uh. Um, and so Hallmark, essentially with this whole formula, with the the um, insatiable demand, the, the Christmasification of their uh, their channel, they have trademarked Christmas. And executive VP of Hallmark, Lisa Hamilton Dahlb, said something that's really powerful when she was interviewed about the cultural popularity. And she says, it feels like a very elastic business because I think people do love Christmas. But what's funny is that whether people watched a Christmas movie on Lifetime or a Christmas movie on Netflix, they all call them Hallmark Christmas movies. And no, that was totally. the one thing I thought was so funny. Hallmark is this essential brand to Christmas. And I was like, yep. 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 Match point right there. It's yeah, perfect. Definitely. <laughs> You're right. Because I, I I didn't know. I don't know how to explain it, but you explain all these movies as and everybody knows what you're talking about. But you're like, oh, it's that it's like a Hallmark movie on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, it's like Kleenex, but of it's like I was just saying it's just yeah, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. It's just like Kleenex has managed to brand themselves as the tissue the facial tissue, tissue. Fa facial tissue yes facial tissue so now let's take a closer look at the origin of this trend uh and so you know how much we love pulling on these threads take a closer look um so hallmark wasn't the originator of the cable christmas movie there's a lot more detail that i did not go into kind of like i didn't go into the whole history of Hallmark. So I'm just going to breeze over some of it. But ABC Family was basically that fire starter and began the craze with their 25 Days of Christmas franchise in the 90s. And then Hallmark themselves launched their own channel in 2001, but had made movies for decades for networks like CBS. And they would, you know, even 
when they had their own channel, they would still make like Christmas movies and Hallmark movies that would air on CBS. Um, I think until like the late aughts. Um, but everyone really had left it to the major movie studios to make those Christmas specific movies with huge budgets and theatrical releases, kind of like The Holiday, mm-hmm. Bridget Jones Diary, Love Actually, the ones that we kind of repeat over and over again because nobody's really made a good Christmas movie. No, not since, not since Bridget Jones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like that really was like the mid to late aughts. And once the mid to late aughts, aughts hit, Hallmark did something interesting. So Hallmark's first movie for their channel was actually about uh, seven years in the making. It was called The Christmas Card. And it was Uh released in 2006. And it shattered the rating record when it aired, which lasted for a decade after. The lead actor, Ed Asner, even was nominated for an Emmy for his performance in this Hallmark Christmas Card movie. And the movie even birthed some of the stereotypical elements of classic Hallmark style, like a picture-perfect small town, a whirlwind romance, and two people finding love against all odds. So after the sensation, Hallmark saw dollar signs, and they really became a Christmas movie-making factory. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was looking at this the, the the Christmas card. I was like, I kind of want to watch it, and I think you can see it on Amazon. But it's like nineteen ninety nine or something. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not, like, not going to pay that. So much money. Money. Sometimes I'm like, what are you all thinking? Yeah, that's insane. I'm never going to get my money's worth. I'd have to stream it twenty times. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I I am still also kind of interested. I mean, if what did you say? It was eight years in the making. It's yeah, they took them like uh it took them a while. I think it was like 1999 when it was first originated, even before Hallmark the channel was 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 launched. Wow. Um there was someone that was working on this Christmas card movie, you know, they were thinking about it for a really long time. I mean, <laughs> wow, that's all I can say. Wow. It's dedication. Yeah. And it, I mean Especially when when we see how these things are made now, we're like, let's just come up with a name and then work backwards. This was literally, you know, oh yeah, there, there was there was some like intention put behind this this Christmas movie. Yeah, definitely. So now fast forward a few years, um, and so what what was once a stereotypical mainstay of elderly programming has become a trend amongst younger demographic. Um, and why that switch? You may ask, Amanda. Well. If you've listened to many of our other podcasts, it all started around that pinnacle time in 2015 when Donald Trump made his debut on our political landscape and inflicted discontent and turmoil in mass. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think I was ever going to even bring up Donald Trump during this? No. I mean, I like to... It's it's just unfortunate. Like, you can't not because you're right. I think... A lot of us, we already see this as a turning point in the culture, but we're going to continue to like look yeah. back and see that for like generations, I think. I think so. Some of the things that come out of it are good, sure, like Hallmark movies, people getting more engaged in voting. But uh, wow, what a wild time to be living here in the United States, like even still, yes. right? Yes, where Donald Trump will affect so many things, including Hallmark christmas movies i hope he doesn't google himself and then see this and then like i don't know <laughs> want to oh. be on the show <laughs> want to be oh, friends yeah. yeah right as if <laughs> as if so according to the post hallmark's ratings surged in 2015 when donald trump arrived on the political landscape um and have continued to soar since, with a number of husbands joining the predominantly female demographic, and during the week of the 2016 election, the Hallmark Channel was the fourth most watched channel on TV during prime time. Wow. So just think about that. Wow. They had more prime time viewers than MSNBC did. And they were just behind CNN and ESPN. Wow. And so those numbers continued to rise. Hallmark truly became a relief during the Trump era as a complete opposite of the divisiveness people craved, that formula, the magic, the comfort, the predictable happy ending. 
In fact, this is what the executives were working to accomplish. They intentionally branded themselves as the happy place, as basically a place for escape. I mean, that's what you do when you're watching movies is you're escaping. This is a place to escape into a world that where there's no conflict. <laughs> no conflict. Everyone ends up happy. I even included this little Hallmark's yeah. rating things and you can see how it grew. I mean, it's it's a nice place to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just bury your head in a Hallmark Channel movie. It'd be interesting to also look at the same bar graph superimposed of it of people getting into drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I would love to see that. That I would love be genius. To see that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going to turn the turn. I don't know. Turn the stake a little bit. But um, naturally, we see the largest and most glaring flaw amongst all this success. And there's a lot of journalists that have been really insistent on pointing it out for years, which really is the lack of diversity and representation, which mm-hmm. not only discluded just huge segments of people and minorities, but it also reinforced the stereotypes of who truly deserves that happy, magical ending. Mm-hmm. So back in 2016, Salon called out the network execs who gave really flimsy excuses and priorities to try to work harder I mean, one of the executives was like, well, you know, we film up in Canada. That was literally the excuse for not hiring a more diverse, um, like, like, well, you know, the access to, you know, diverse actors, you know, like, what are you, just, that's, planes. Yeah, well, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Canada is a white monolith. It's Canadians not. let us know <laughs> otherwise. I mean, I've only been to Vancouver, BC, and uh, Montreal, but I saw all kinds of people there. Yeah. it's. I mean, the, the, the excuses get flimsier. Uh, and so then the walrus actually followed up on this in 2019 with a, an article that's called The Unwatchable Whiteness of Holiday Movies. Mm-hmm. And they pull up a reference from the AV uh, uh, Club article from 2017 with Hallmark Exec Vice President of Programming and Network Publicity, Michelle Vickery. I might be butchering her name, but that's okay. It happens. It just happens. Um, And she says that the channel will continue to use the same actors because it's been hugely successful for us. (laughs) That's awkward. (laughs) Isn't it? It's like the ick factor. Like, just so cringy. Yeah. Like... Like, oh, we're just not even going to deal with it. it. And that clearly just shows, you know, the the values are really, you know, they say they're a value, a value based channel, but their values are all about money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, isn't that it's always like, oh, it turns out it was capitalism all along. Yeah, you know? it's all cap. Yes, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So she cited Candace Cameron Burr specifically as having the number one Christmas movie three years in a row. Wow. Wow. I mean, I can't say that. No No. one's watched my Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) We got to just be a bunch of cats. Hey. (laughs) Destroying my Christmas tree. And you're like, you're like Christmas Teddy. And my Christmas so Teddy. Oh yeah, it's super. I mean, like it's the it's the horniest time of year, everyone. Oh, God. So sensual. <laughs> so sensual. It's me in a Christmas Teddy, uh, yelling at the cats for messing up the trees, and like we're burning like a Mrs. Myers like pine tree candle. <laughs> you're you're drinking the the Budweiser um, uh, hard seltzers that have like the, the yeah. Holiday. Okay, now I like this. Should we propose this? Um, yeah. I was thinking as when we. Started started talking about Christmas movies, I was thinking about the one movie you should definitely never watch on Christmas. And it's a lesson I had to learn on my own that I'm sharing with all of you so you never do it and instead watch a nice Hallmark movie. Uh, (laughs) One year on Christmas Day, I it was a Christmas evening and I was, you know, home visiting my family and Dancer in the Dark was on was on like, I don't know, some cable channel. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that. It's a Lars von Trier movie oh, gosh. starring Bjork. Um, it ends with, um, you know, her being executed. Uh, that is not the movie you should watch on Christmas at all. No. That is not magical. <laughs> 
there's there's conflict <laughs> there's so much conflict and loss and not even yeah. one near kiss and the interesting thing is about near kisses is i've never actually had one like if you're that close you gotta follow through oh my gosh a near yes i you're totally right <laughs> <laughs> a, a near, near kiss. kiss just look like Drawing yourself closer, I, looking into the eyes. I just eyes think of, there's a physical distance threshold that when you cross it, you are required to kiss. <laughs> but what happens when someone, you know, the dog comes and breaks it up or, you know, the There are a lot of dogs in these Hallmark you know, movies. That's true. I know. Yeah, they are. you're right. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the only time. I don't know. Thoughts? Anyone? <laughs> you get into a lot of your kisses? Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, going back to Candace Cameron uh. is, you know, so she had the number one Christmas movie three years in a row. And of course, what is not mentioned is that Candace Cameron, as well as many of the other lead actors, particularly during this time of like 2017, 2018, which is like the mm-hmm. heyday of Hallmark movies, um, uh, are openly mm-hmm. religious and also many are openly, you know, very Republican. Yep. Uh, maintaining a platform for white conservative evangelical Christians, which does align with the values that you did uh, talk about at the beginning of this episode. That makes me wonder, as you're saying that, I'm having this like aha moment, that maybe that is one of the contributing factors for sort of a decline in Hallmark's revenue here. Not that, like, obviously, they're still going strong. I mean, put that 40 movies this year, but... I would suspect, yes. I, I remember the 90s, like that's when the idea of like the culture war was first raised and it came from people like Newt Gingrich who were trying to say like, it's the family values people versus the rest of you, the people who never have near kisses, right? And I near I feel kisses. like, you know. Republicans never have near kisses. It's either you kisses. kiss or you don't. Um, but <laughs> I was thinking about how like, you know, back then, like people, you know, you if you go back and read things about that climate of the 90s, it was very shocking. And people were like, this is the end of the democracy. We got to get this together. And really, then, you know, we get to the Donald Trump of it all. It gets 1000 times worse. And I think that there was probably a time five, six years ago where someone would still watch Hallmark, knowing that maybe a lot of the stars had really strong right wing values, or that there weren't any people who weren't white in these movies, but the culture is changing. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. Like Hallmark, you want to keep that revenue up. You got to diversify. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, girl. Hallmark. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and yeah, girl, um, you know, this, this is particularly um, obvious. Uh, if you scroll down oh, to my page, you here, showed these, sent looking. these. I looked at this so, the other day, and first off, I feel like I have like facial blindness or something because for a while I thought this was all the same couple. Just occasionally, the woman is wearing a wig. I, I seriously, I can't believe no. how similar <laughs> it looks. Like yes, it looks. So there's an eagle-eyed Twitter who basically took. Um, all of the Christmas movies, this was really particularly, I think it was 2017, and he did it again in 2019, and he pulled all of the posters for the movies, and they are nearly identical. Wow. What do you see, Oh, Amanda? man. Well... <laughs> and we'll, po- we'll put this on our, um, so first on our Instagram. It's a man and a woman in every, fo- uh, mm-hmm. every photo, every poster, and uh... <laughs> The men look so generically like I they could be the same dude, except for one who has like a scrunched mm-hmm. up head. The women, for the most part, have blonde. He's on Which the bottom that? row here. He's with a woman who's a oh, she's dressed a little sexily. She's got like a V cut out. The mistletoe <gasps> oh, secret. I do see that it. Looks mm-hmm. a little sexy, but in general, these men are all look blandly handsome which is exactly what you see in lifetime movies too like you can be that guy and make a really solid living being in all these movies um the women Mm -hmm. all have blonde hair or brown hair with highlights all of them have side part here's the most important thing though everyone in every single poster the woman wears something red and the man wears something green every single Mm -hmm. time and you know this was a yeah. formula, like where it was like it must 
be this. It has to be because this is what works. You know, they're so afraid of coloring outside the lines. You will see, however, that now in like basically 2020 and on 2021, these they they woke up. Yeah, you know, because it became a laugh. They became a laughing stock. Like this oh is this was a this was actually I remember seeing this everywhere, um, because it really is quite obvious the whiteness, the the red and green just. <laughs> Yep. Yep. It, it really it really shows the lack of diversity in their casting as well as in their creative direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Hallmark really has been making some changes and challenging the status quo very, very slowly over the years. They have been adding minority characters, even dipping their toes into Hanukkah and queer romance. And this shakeup has been thanks in part to some other shaking ups at Hallmark that isn't without controversy. Okay. So you did mention in I think 2019 you said or the 2020 it was all about the um, the Zola yeah, app, just right? So disappointing. <laughs> yes. So the Zola ad featured it was two, two women yes. kissing. Um, and so their CEO, the CEO of Hallmark that had been there for years and likely was part of a lot of this values, systematic values nonsense, Bill Abbott, he stepped down in 2020 due to the controversy over this commercial because he pulled it because a highly conservative Christian women's group complained. And of course, um, in rea- retaliation to the controversy in 2020, um, they the executives that you know came in and had to um, mitigate the damages of this situation and for upsetting their you know LGBTQ um, and LGBTQ supporting viewers, they actually started making some steady traction uh, with twenty five percent of the Hallmark original movies, not all of them cr- uh, cr- uh, Christmas ones, but for the the extent of the year, twenty five percent of the Hallmark original movies featured some sort of diversity mm-hmm. there was even a movie that had a woman actually taking a large drink of a glass of red wine wow what's next uh-huh. and then another note of hallmark gossip is candace cameron burr who was on contract for years obviously we heard she was the number one actress for the top three years in a row and she was the mainstay of Hall- Hallmark programming, she moved over to a much more conservative channel called The Great American Family for very thinly veiled homophobic reasons. <laughs> After they added the queer programming in 2020. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, and she was claiming the move was motivated because um, she knew the people behind the great American family were Christians that loved the Lord and wanted to promote faith programming and good family entertainment. So good riddance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ugh. Um, <laughs> and Entertainment Weekly, you know, obviously the you know uh, number one resource for this type of thing reports that this year. There will be it will be more diverse than ever, including movies anchored by LGBTQ couple celebrations of Kwanzaa, Hanukkah and Chinese American culture. Hmm. And then I almost died, Amanda. This really does not feature a lot of diversity, but they have one called A Royal Corgi Christmas. (laughs) Is this about a dog romance? (laughs) I'm not sure. It's not out yet. It comes out. I don't know when it comes it out. It looks great based on the it poster. It looks great. Yeah. It says Friday, November 25th, but I don't think I was trying to was trying to watch it last night <laughs> because we have Peacock and you can stream all the Hallmark oh, movies. Oh, wow. And Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. It was like they literally took a test tube of things that white people like, <laughs> which is like... <laughs> Because it's like Christmas movies, royal Christmas movies, and corgis. And they just shook it up. Wow. (laughs) So, you know, competition is really heating up. And so we're seeing these movies popping up all over the premium streamers with their own touch. 
Um, you know, I really do per personally follow the Netflix ones because I feel like my values align a little bit more with theirs. Yeah. Um, they have slightly more, more relevant cast, um, you know, but they do have that cheese factor, which I really like. And they pulled those strings to really appeal. Like I said, that casting is to appeal to a specific audience. It's very systematic. The millennials, they want to go for the millennials and the Gen Xers. So the two most celebrated Christmas specials, we talked about this before, was the Lindsay Lohan special, mm -hmm. as well as the Freddie Prince Jr. one, which I've watched both of them. Um, <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, he, he, you know, he didn't age that well. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Not, not... Not the Freddy you remember, but you know, it's still heartfelt, you know, and it's got, it's like a, a Latinx celebration. Um, it features, you know, a, it's, there's some, there's some singing, you know, there's a, she's a, she's a musical sensation, the woman that, that's in it. Anyway, it's not so bad. And if you want to dip your toe, um, if you're, this is not something that you're totally, um, convinced by our conversation on. <laughs> I my favorite one that I have watched so far in my entire time period is Single All the Way, which is Gas, a gay couple on it's on Netflix. Wow. It's excellent. I loved it. I came out last year okay. and I was just like, wow. That was really good. I thought it was really funny and complex. You know, I highly recommend it. Um, I recently also just watched one on HBO called A Hollywood Christmas, which has a very meta storyline. And for all you Gilmore Girls lovers, it's filmed on the Gilmore Girls set. Wow. Which oh, my seen. gosh. Hold back, mm -hmm. Dustin. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent to see that set used again. Um, and one of my favorite things is to read what critics say about these movies like with a discerning eye mm -hmm. um you know and i think that's kind of contrary to what you know these movies <laughs> well, not, are all they're about. not built for that no you know? there, there's no conflict like you said they're, like that's what that, that's what storylines are all you know mm -hmm. built around is conflict so of course when you have a critic come in they're like well this was a piece of garbage and you're like no 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 no, no. that's not what this movie was intended to be I really think that there needs to be a completely different measuring stick to review how these movies, um, uh, to, to review the movies like from a completely different lens, um, how they stick to the formula, the chemistry of the cast, maybe the snow, the actual snow that they use, the settings, all the emotional feels, all those things. I think that there just needs to be, there's definitely a business for this. Yeah. A different, a totally different reviewer. <laughs> and of course, this trend continues, you know, as 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 people continue to hunker down, there's all, all those um, drinking games that people do. Um, Hallmark has a user friendly app and it has become cooler and cooler just to stay home and watch two people in sweaters fall in love in a town um, <laughs> on the Gilmore Girls set. <laughs> yeah, that sounds nice to me. Sounds like a good time falling in love at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Ripped from the headlines. Hopefully, hopefully someone's going to send us a really special falling in love at Christmas story. That would be nice. Well, that's all we have for you for this half of our holiday spectacular. But we'll be back in just a few days to somewhat gross you out with some <laughs> tales of food baskets and how that trend peaked and got weird. <laughs> can't wait. All right. We'll see you in a few days. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.